doing okay? Got really quiet when the kids left. I really like that part of the service when the kids are here. All right, I have just a couple announcements, and here we go. Christmas Eve service. Um, Northwest Federal Way is doing four Christmas Eve services. Uh, I think it's at 12, 2, 4, and 6 up uh, at the Federal Way campus. We are doing one at 7 o'clock in the evening, um, well past dark, when all the lights and the candles will have their proper effect. And um, so we're having... Our Christmas Eve service here, 7 o'clock on Thursday the 24th. Um, as has been our tradition at Northwest, uh, we take up a special offering on Christmas Eve, and this is our birthday gift to Jesus. This is not our regular tithes and offerings. This goes somewhere else, not, not to us here. And so this year, uh, we're going to give our, our Christmas Eve offering to a retreat center in Oregon. It's actually the retreat center that my wife grew up at. We have precious friends and family uh, that live there. And this year has been really, really hard on retreat centers and camps. Um, there's been basically no income outside of just donations. And uh, so we would like to give our offering um, to Jesus for his birthday by way of giving it to uh, the retreat center. It's called Christian Renewal Center. And our online platforms and everything will reflect that. Uh, you'll, you'll have that option if you're giving online, not able to make it to the service that night, but then also the things we gather that night will go straight to Christian Renewal Center. Okay, there are still lots of places to serve um, in our children's ministry and worship and tech especially. Um, we are... We're growing, and there's room. So if you want to be involved, we want you to be involved, and uh, we'll make this happen. So for children's ministry, I want you to find uh, Jamie Salcedo, and she is up there right now teaching our kids, working with our kids. Um, if, if you would be willing to commit to, say, once a month or something and let her run the schedule, then that would be awesome. Also, for, for worship and tech, you'd want to see Mr. Seth Goodwin right back here. He's on the computer making everything happen. All the magic is Seth and Jeremy back there in that black booth. Um, we'd love to have you part of the team in those ways. All right, that's all the announcements I got. Now... As we said, this is joy week in the Advent calendar. We lit our candles, we talked about hope, we talked about peace, and now joy. I think for me personally, um, hope and peace are a little bit easier to talk about because they tend to be a little bit more intellectual. Joy tends to be a little bit more emotional, just the concept of joy, and I am a fairly... Non-emotional person? Yes, reserved. Uh, my processes are very... Uh, yes, cerebral. I think... Uh, um, deliberate. There you go. Cautious. Um, so joy is a little bit more challenging for me to wrap my, my uh, head around. 
you would say that my personality type is probably even keel, um, and uh, that drives some people nuts. But but I remember in in leading worship and, and things like that, there's going to be times when things just don't go right. You got the technical difficulties and all that, and and people would say that they'd never seen me get rattled. You, n- you never saw it on the outside. It was just, I just, I'm very reserved. And so for, for joy, exuberance to come out is also a very rare thing for me. Um, but as, as we hit this week and I began my study, as I was just thinking, Lord, there's got to be more to joy than just happy, happy, joy, joy, right? There's, it's, not, it's not just an emotional thing. Um, so what is it? What is it? Well, the first thing, our, our message today, uh, today is titled Joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit keeps coming up in all these messages for Advent. He's, he's the reason we have hope. He's the reason we have peace. He's the one who works these things in our hearts and lives. And he's also the one that works joy in our lives. So the first thing about joy is it, in fact, is real. Joy is real. Joy is not simply a figment of your imagination or an emotion that, that is fleeting and then gone. Uh, joy is real. So what is joy in the scriptures? There's, there's several words for joy in Hebrew in the Old Testament, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce them because that'd be a waste of all our time. But <laughs> there's several of them, uh, they, and they mean what you'd think they mean. Joy, laughter. One of my favorite words to come across in this study was mirth. Nobody, nobody uses mirth anymore. Mirth means the expressment of amusement by way of laughter. That's what mirth means, all right? Gladness, exaltation, rejoicing. Uh, one element of, of joy is, is the sudden outbreak of, of something. So a shout or a blast of uh, sometimes in war. It was used uh, for surprise or alarm or, or a, a cry of alarm like, ah. Um, joy was not always, always happy, but most of the time it was a happy thing. And then in the Greek, there's the word kara, and, and that just means joy and gladness. It means happiness. It means, all right, so I got through the word studies, and I went, uh, okay, all right, so now we're just going to read. We're going to read where joy is in the Bible, and what does it mean? What does it mean for me as a believer? And why on earth is it one of our four Advent weeks, like for crying out loud? So joy in the scriptures goes far beyond momentary happiness. Uh, I think momentary happiness would be like the, the joy of a child when they open up a Christmas gift on Christmas morning uh, that they've been hoping for. The joy, and, and kind of part of the season is we kind of live for that, right? The expression on the kids' faces. But joy, true joy in the scripture is not just that moment. It's more of an extreme happiness that cannot be deterred by the present circumstances. This type of joy comes from God alone. And joy can be experienced when, for us Christians when we think about who Jesus is, when we think about what he has done for us. When we think about how he has saved us, we can, we can feel joy. Or when we think about eternal life that we are promised, there is joy or just being with Jesus who provides these things, there is joy. 
Joy is an eager anticipation for the wonderful things to come. Like the shepherds experienced as they ran from hearing from the angels to, to Bethlehem to see Jesus. There was, they ran with joy. They were full of joy because there was, there was expectation. Something was happening. Something was happening. And then joy is also listed as a fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. It's something that comes from having the Holy Spirit at work in us. It's a fruit. It's a result of having the Holy Spirit in us and doing things in us. Joy should be there. As we listen and he speaks of God's promises and restores our hope, we, we begin to have more hope and more peace and more joy. Those things grow because the Holy Spirit works in us. So joy is real. And it's more than just a fleeting thing. Joy is the result of a promise that was kept or a promise that will be kept. Joy is the result of, of I think, think of all the times in the Old Testament when, when Israel won a battle or when God delivered them miraculously. What was their response? They sang a song. They sang a song. They played their tambourines, which you're not allowed to do, by the way. At least not here. No, I'm just, just kidding. I've had fights about tambourines. I think there was a time where a tambourine was equated with joy. Now is not that time. There was an expression, an outburst of joy when a promise, God said, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whoop this enemy. And then he did. And then the result was, and the response was, one of joy and rejoicing. And, um, and there were shouts, and it was somewhat abrupt and maybe not controlled, and everybody was having a great time. But joy is a result of a promise that was kept. But also, for in, uh, joy is something that we have that is an expectation of promises that will be kept because those promises have been kept, right? We talked about this in hope. Jesus has made promises, and he's kept his promises because that's who he is. He has promised to... Do you remember our our three promises? Bless you, Hunter. You remember the promises from the Hope Week? Jesus promised to save us, and he did. He promised to be with us, and he is. And he promised that he will come again, and he will. This is how we think about the promises of God. And this is how we have hope, right? So joy comes in there when we think about the things that he has done, the things that he is doing, and the things that he will do. It's that expectation of that. Biblical hope results in joy because God comes through. It's who he is. Um, Listen to David's process in Psalms 28, 7. And I put this in the NIV version because it actually used the word joy. Um, So look at this. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and and with my song, I praise him. So I put some numbers in here. I numbered number one. The first thing in this process for David is his heart trusts in the Lord. That's our hope. He becomes our hope. So we, we trust in him. That's step one. Step two is God follows through on his promise and he helps him. 
And then three, David says, my heart leaps for joy. So that's the response to God following through. So David puts his hope in the Lord. The Lord delivers him. And then David responds with joy and then with his song. And this can be our process too. When, when, we're, when we're working with the Lord, when we are believing the promises and when we need joy, we put our trust in him. He helps, he will follow through and then our heart responds in joy. Jesus keeps his promises. So joy is a real thing, not just an emotional response or expression. It, it is something more enduring that, that cannot be held down or deterred by the present circumstances because we look to the long term. And that's our second thing. Joy is long term. Joy is long term. It is not just short term. Again, we have the promises that have already been fulfilled and already been kept. Salvation, his presence with us, and the Holy Spirit active in our lives. These are promises that have been fulfilled. So we know that he will fulfill his promises. Some are still coming. He hasn't returned yet. Jesus has not come back yet as the King of kings and the Lord of lords that every eye will see. Because scripture says that's going to happen. He's coming and every eye will see and everybody in the whole world will know that Jesus is Lord. And at that point, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He's promised that. That's a promise that's going to happen, but we haven't seen it yet. But we can still look to that and in light of what he has done and the promises he has fulfilled and the joy that comes from those, we can look to the future and have joy knowing what's coming in spite of any circumstances going on. Jesus will return. And another promise that, that hasn't happened yet is he will restore all things. He'll make things the way they're supposed to be. All the relationships, all the, all the political systems, all the illness and sickness, Jesus will restore those things. That's promised. There won't be any tears. He will wipe away the tear from every eye. But that hasn't happened yet. We don't see that yet. But we can still expect that with joy because of the things that he has done. Joy is something that is still coming. There's a concept, um, we talk about the kingdom of God, and, and, and it's, you say it like this, already, the kingdom of God is already and not yet. It is both here, we have the Holy Spirit at work in us. Scripture says that he is, he is our, our seal, he is the down payment and the deposit for the things to come. But obviously, you look at our world, and the kingdom of God is not at work everywhere. So the kingdom of God is already and not yet. And, I, and the same is true for joy. We have joy because God has done things, because he works in us. But our joy is maybe not complete yet because he hasn't come back and completed everything. There's still more to come. The wait will be worth it. And the joy that we have in expectation will be worth it. John 16, 
20 through 22, says, Jesus is talking. He says, truly, truly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will be turned into joy. Whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. But when she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again. And your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. It will be worth it in the long run to hope and to trust in Jesus. So, because it will be worth it, we can have joy. We can have joy now. Joy is already ours, but not quite all the way yet, because there's still promises to be, to be fulfilled what a blessing it is to have, though. We don't have to be sour and dour. We don't have to be depressed because the world's going to hell in a handbasket, even if it is. We don't, have, we, don't have to, we don't have to have that attitude or that outlook because the promises that the Lord has given us. So joy is for real. Joy is long-term. And joy is for you. You might think at this point, well, I'm not really a happy, clappy guy. I'm not really an emotional guy. I don't, or I, yeah. I'm a realist. How many people say that? I'm a realist. So I probably won't get to experience this joy. I don't believe it's for me, or I've tried. And I feel like I'm just kind of working it up and then it deflates again. And Well, I would like to try and convince you otherwise today. Joy is for you. How do I know this? Scripture says it. Jesus is for you. All who have called on the name of Jesus are saved, right? Romans 10.13 says, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Scripture says in other places that, that it is not the Father's will that any should perish. Jesus has come to save us and to rescue us, to cleanse us. So if Jesus is for you, then that's a reason for joy. That's a reason for joy. Have you believed? Have you given him your heart? Have you put your trust and your hope in him? then joy is for you because you're saved and God will keep his promises. The Holy Spirit is also for you. The Holy Spirit is the one who is in us because Jesus has cleansed us and he is the one that works these things. Remember, joy is a fruit of the Spirit, meaning it's a result of his work in our lives and the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father that Jesus made a way for. Acts 2, 38 and 39. Peter is preaching the first, the first message to everybody on Pentecost and, and the Holy Spirit's working in their hearts and they're convicted and they say, well, what do we need to do to be saved? Peter says, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. It goes hand in hand with your salvation, this gift of the Spirit, and he's the one that works joy. He's the one who produces this in our lives. If you have given your life and your heart to Jesus, then you can receive this promise of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's given to you. So joy is for you. So there's a catch because trouble is also for you. Trouble. We've talked about this before. Jesus promised it and then said in other, other places that it's just the way, the way it is. Trouble is for you. In this world, you will have trouble. You will because the kingdom of God is already, but not yet, not everywhere. So you will have trouble. James Chapter one, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. You will encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect to complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 12 says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Romans 8, 28 through 31. Super familiar with this one. And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. And here we go. This is why it works. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be, Jesus would be the firstborn among many brethren and, the, and these whom he predestined, he also called. These whom he called, he also justified. And then these whom he justified, he also glorified. So what can we say to these things? How do we respond? If God is for us, who can be against us? Trouble is for you. But God uses trouble to make you look like Jesus. So, even in our trouble, even in our trials, as James says, count it all joy. Why? Because that trouble is making you look like Jesus if you'll give it to him. So even in our trials, even in our trouble, we can have joy. We can rejoice in the process, knowing where we're going and knowing where this is headed. I can have joy when things are hard. I can have joy when things are tough. I can have joy when my emotions are running all over the place. On the inside, of course, for me. <laughs> Maybe on the outside for you. I can have joy because God, if I will give it to him, will use these things to make me look like Jesus. That's my destiny. I'm destined to look like Jesus. That's cause for joy. I can rejoice in that because even in the trouble, it's proof that God is fulfilling his promise. He has fulfilled his promises. He is fulfilling his promises, and he will fulfill. Trouble is proof, if I will give it to him, that he is fulfilling his promises. Jesus is for you. The Holy Spirit is for you, and trouble is for you. Does that make you happy? Not the last one. I don't know. I think that's the one that's the most inspiring for me. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, I know, 
I don't need to promise you trouble because everybody's already got trouble. You don't need to go stir something up. Don't go kick in a bee's nest, right? But that's, that's the one that's the most inspiring for me is even in, it's not just that I should have a happy attitude. It's not just that I should be an optimist. It's that it's the reality that God will use this actual trouble to make me look like Christ. Somebody smile. I can see you behind the mask. We're all right. Yes. Yes. But it's a reason to rejoice personally because, yeah, we can hang, we can hang our hope on that because yes. it's a promise. It's a promise. I can have joy when things are hard. So joy is for you because Jesus is for you. And because Jesus is for you, the Holy Spirit is for you. And you want joy because you will have trouble. Yeah. Lord, thank you for joy. I'm just going to wrap this up and put a little bow on it here. Because it's Christmas time. Joy is real. It's not just a fleeting emotion. Joy is a result of a promise kept or in anticipation of the wonderful promises that will come. Joy is long-term. It's not temporary or based on our circumstances. It is based on the knowledge that God has kept and will keep his promises. And joy is for you. It is a blessing and a benefit of belonging to Jesus and having the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Is he at work in your life? All right, I was kind of looking for a response on that one. Is he? (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) Just before I, I read the final scripture from the benediction, let's just take a moment real quick and just between your heart and the Lord's, just thank him for the joy. Thank him for fulfilling the promises that he has and ask him to, to bring more of that about in your life. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful for the things that you've done and for, for working in us and for using every difficulty. We're so grateful for the promises that you have kept and the, the places that you have brought us through. We're grateful for our salvation. And Lord, we want to be people of joy. We want to be full of the, the hope and the peace that you bring and, and the joy that you bring. These are evidences of your spirit at work in us. Holy Spirit, continue to work in us, mature us, and grow us more and more each day. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. Amen. Amen.